Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. All right, well, good morning, Milestone. So good to be with you. Also, welcome those of you guys watching online with us today. I've been enjoying this summer series. I've been enjoying all the friends of Milestone. I'm glad we have some pretty cool friends out there that have come in and shared with us over the last uh, few weeks. And I also love that I get a chance today and that Pastor Jeff has a chance to have some time off. We want him to do this, to hear God, to have a little time to refresh. He'll be back with us here just a couple of weeks. Uh, But today... I want to do a special welcome, though, to those of you who are new to Milestone. My team told me this week that we have just record numbers of communication cards coming in of people new to the area and new to Milestone Church. And so we want to welcome you to our church, welcome you to this area. Myself, personally, I move churches in cities and states so much almost every other year growing up. I know what it feels like to come into a new environment. And if you have kids, I know what it feels like to be that kid. And so at Milestone, we want to make sure, I personally want to make sure we can do everything we can to help you get connected here, help your family. So I want to point out a great next step for you to be looking out for. It's coming up in August. It's called Discovery 101. It's a lunch with Pastor Jeff where you get to learn more about us. We get to learn more about you. We've got two dates coming up, August the 5th and also August the 12th. It's also in your service guide, and we hope uh, to get to meet you there at that event. If you have your Bible, open with me to Psalm chapter 40. If you just plop your Bible open, you'll probably hit it. It's right in the middle. Psalm chapter 40 uh, is where we're going to go today. And I'm going to be talking to you about the tension of the waiting. The tension of the waiting. You see, we are people of faith as Christians. We are called to be saved by faith, called to live by faith. And so you're living in the now, but believing for what is to come. Hebrews 11 defines faith as this. It says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And so it's like we we see it, but we, we don't really see it. And there's this gap, there's this tension. And so in your life, there may be things that you are believing God for. Promises, callings, dreams God's put in your heart, miracles that you're believing God for, but here you are caught living today. So you have faith for tomorrow, but living in the present. And what that creates in between those promises and dreams and hopes and callings and now, it creates this tension in our lives. And the further off those dreams seem, the greater that tension is. And we carry this tension. But how do we carry it? Today, I want to show you how we can carry this tension well in our lives. Let's look. And Psalm chapter 40, because David finds himself in this tension. This psalm, and actually, it's a song. And so this is a song that David wrote. I'm going to read it to you. He says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I'm so glad that what God asked me to preach today was from a a song. Because if there's one thing that's missing this summer, it's a song of the summer. We just don't have one. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this like I have. There's no can't stop the feeling, right? No despacito, mas don española. Right? We just don't have it. It's just not there. And I love music. I mean, all, t- all genres. I even like stuff that I don't like, right? It's like, 
I know that it's good, even though I don't like it, it's good for somebody else. I mean, I appreciate that. But I am not very musically inclined. I'm very musically confident, but very incompetent, you know? It doesn't stop me from trying to inject myself and insert myself. But I tried to learn guitar growing up. I learned the chords, I got those all down. And then, but the strumming, it just couldn't, they're like, Steve, go to the beat. I'm like, which one? You know, <laughs> there's only one. And that's why I don't dance. Otherwise, you know, I would kick, shake, twist, every click I heard, right? I look like a spaz. I, so I just kind of stay on the wall, you know, make sure everybody's good over there at refreshments. But, uh, but if there's one thing that I am good at is picking a hit. I can pick a hit song, regardless of genre. I can tell if it's gonna test well, audience appeal, you know, the lyric, the vocal, the hook, right? The melody, all of it coming together, boom, I can tell. And this started when I was in high school. Some of you know my history. In high school, I worked in country radio. I got a cool job in country radio. And one of the great things about working in radio is you don't have to wait as long for the music. You see, when, a new, when an artist has an album coming out, what they do is they send the song that they're gonna release in advance to the radio station. So the radio station starts playing it, so you go out and buy the album. And so I'm at the radio station and Long John Landrum was his name. He's the one that got all the music coming in from the labels. And so I go to his mailbox and he let me play the music. And so I play music. And there was an artist named Rhett Akins. Rhett Akins, some of y'all know his son, Thomas Rhett. He's got a bunch of songs on the top country charts right now. But Rhett Akins had a song coming out. They were releasing from Decca Records and I played it and I just didn't like it. I just didn't, I just wasn't feeling it. But then I turned the tape over on the B side. There was another song. And I like that song. And think about me, if I like something, I, I want you to like something, right? I get excited about it. And so I had that song. I'm like, this is a good song. And so I go to Jeff Garrison, Jumpin' Jeff Garrison, also called Tall Man on the radio. And I go to him, he was a program director. And I said, this song is incredible, you know? And he's like, I know it's a great, good song, but they're releasing the other song. I'm like, no, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, you know? And I'm like, can we start playing this song? And they're coming in concert, you know, Rhett's coming in concert to Clemson here in just, you know, a couple of months and let's play it and talk to him. And he's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll play it on our audience test, you know, our song testing uh, program called Love It or Leave It. Anybody ever called into a Love It or Leave It program on the radio? And so that night we start playing it start playing it, testing against other songs, and you can't leave these things to chance. And so me, my friends, my brothers, we all called in, <laughs> and we called in. <laughs> I mean, different voices. This is Charlene, and I love that Red Akins. It is cute. Play that song again. You know, this is Bill. Play that Start Get Me Going song. Okay, yes, sir. Don't get me started. Thank you. Yep, bye. And uh, I mean, I'm just calling in. And so lo and behold, I show up at work the next day. That song did great, <laughs> right? Wow, really? So they play it, keep testing it, and other people start calling in, real people, you know, now, just to help get it going. And uh, in this song, we put it into rotation. He comes in concert, me and Jeff Garrison, we meet with him and his management after the concert and explain how well the song's performing. They consider it, they go back to their label. And then Decca Records changes the release from the song that we're gonna release to now, this song, Don't Get Me Started. And I'm gonna tell you more about where that story goes here in just a little bit. But let's get back to the song uh, that we're talking about today in Psalm 40. We're gonna go verse by verse uh, through this. So verse one, David here, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. That sounds so nice, David. I waited patiently for the Lord. The problem is that there is a Hebrew word for patiently, but it's not even used here. What it really says in the Hebrew language is, waiting, I waited for the Lord. 
If you've ever been into the doctor's office and you're in the waiting room and you're kind of waiting, get through all the forms, and, uh, and then you go back and you're back and you're in the room and you're waiting again. Like, I thought that was the waiting room. This is the now room, you know, and just, right, he waiting, he waited for the Lord. He's saying, this is a long time that he's waiting for the Lord. Verse two, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And he was stuck. Now, when you're stuck, the definition of stuck is that we can't get ourselves out. It's not sticky. It's not a hard place. It's like... He cannot get himself out. And what he's talking about here is not some battle that he's in. This is an internal struggle. David writes some psalms about battles. This psalm here, this song, is about an internal struggle that he's stuck. He cannot get himself out of it. I don't know if you saw in the news this week, 11-year-old boy got stuck in the Trinity River. He waded into it, but he got stuck in the mud. A nice lady bystander, she goes in to help, she gets stuck. Officer Albert Martinez, he sees, he goes in, he gets stuck, but thankfully he calls for help too. And they're able to come with first responder and get everybody out and the boy was safe. But they were stuck in the mud, just like David. Verse three, but then he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. He put a new song in my mouth. David turns his experience into worship in this moment. He put a new song, and you're like, what song is that? It's this song. This song that we're looking at is the song that God puts in his heart. And he says, many are gonna see and fear. We're gonna see and fear. We're gonna put our trust in him through David's testimony here. Now in the Bible, you'll find that David is not the only one, though, that goes through a season of testing. In fact, it's a little bit of a pattern. If you look in scripture, these testing seasons, it all starts with Abraham, the father of our faith, right? Father Abraham had many sons. I am one of them and so were you. All the Sunday school kids just identified themselves. Watch out for them. Those of you who don't know what's going on, you're okay, You're, you're good. But Abraham, he waited on a promise from God. Waited on a promise. Hebrews 6 says, and so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. See, Abraham believed to be this father of many nations that God told him. He believed to have a son. But did you know it's 25 years is the gap between the promise and actually the son, Isaac. 25 years. Then you have Joseph. Joseph in the Bible, he waited on a dream. Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him all the more. The reason why is because the dream that Joseph told his brothers is that one day they would be bowing down to worship him. Not a good dream to share with your brothers. So Joseph gets sold into slavery. He's working in Potiphar's house, gets put in prison. From prison, though, he ends up second in command under Pharaoh. That's a 13-year journey, but then another several years go by before this moment when his brothers make their journey to Egypt and they are bowing before Joseph. 20 plus years, the gap. Then you have Moses. Moses in the Bible, he's waiting on a calling. He's waiting on a calling for God. Exodus 30 says, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I like that, so now go. Well, that now came 40 years after 
Moses is tending sheep day after day after day out in the backside of the wilderness far from the dreams he had of Egypt. 40 years. Then we have Martha. Martha, what she was waiting for, she was waiting for a miracle. Her brother Lazarus was very sick. They send word to Jesus, because Jesus is the healer, to come to heal Lazarus, but Jesus intentionally delays his journey back two days. And that delay was just enough time for Lazarus to pass away. And Martha, she's not happy. She says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see, but Jesus, he was trying to make a bigger point in this moment, that he is more than a teacher and more than a healer, that he is the resurrection and the life. And so he says this, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. This is the next verse. He that believes in me, though he die, he will live again. And then Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Even when your miracle, even when your dream, even when that calling, it may even seem dead, the thing about it is God can resurrect it. The Bible even says that unless a seed goes in the ground and die, it cannot bear much fruit. Jesus can resurrect whatever those hopes and dreams are in your life. And so you're looking at these stories of David and Abraham and Joseph and Moses and Martha and looking at your own story and you're like, okay, I see what's happening here, but why? If God's all powerful, if he's all loving, what is this waiting season? Is it just a game he's playing with us because I'm pretty frustrated, I'm losing hope and I'm kind of running out of steam here. So what, what is he doing in this. And I want to make sure that we don't take for granted this season of the waiting because there are some things that God does in this season. There are some things the Holy Spirit is doing as part of God's sanctifying work in your life that if you miss these things, they could delay the thing that ultimately you're believing God for. So I want us to be attuned with what's happening in this season. So I'm going to give you three things that are actually happening in the tension of your waiting. The first one is this. Your desires are tested. Your desires are tested. Jeremiah 17 tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Honestly, we don't always know what's best for us. We don't even know what we want sometimes. I love what the, the poet G. Brooks said, said it so well. He said, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs? That just because he doesn't answer, it doesn't mean he don't care. Because some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. <laughs> There's also a cool thing in the waiting scientifically proven about this wait, what it allows us to do in terms of our judgment and decision making. And it's a psychologist from Oxford University named Peter McLeod. This is what he says. He says, there's a surprisingly little difference between top-class professional athletes and good, fit, ordinary people. Little difference. In laboratory tests of reaction using unskilled tasks, most people show much the same reaction time of about a fifth of a second. The difference is in how long they can wait to react. Because of their quickness, when they react, that allows them an extra 50 milliseconds to see the ball and knock it out of the park. So for a professional athlete, you and I, there's not much difference between us and them. 50 milliseconds, nothing. But the difference is because of their quickness, they can wait almost twice as long before they act. So they can see that fastball coming down twice as long because the quickness that they can get to it and react. When a golfer has a lag in their swing, the distance comes. 
When a penalty kick, they can delay what they're gonna do, that's when they get the result. In hockey, with the slot, same thing. It's actually the ability to wait allows them to be that next level, that next tier athlete. What does this mean for you? That means that when you're in the batter's box of life and that pitch is coming, you don't have to swing at the first thing you see. You don't have to date the first guy that calls you pretty, right? You don't have to just start the first business idea you have. You don't have to take every promotion. You don't have to take every move just because there's more. You don't have to move your family. You don't have to, you can sit back and you can, you can wait. You can see a little long, is this, is this? No, is, that's the one, right? The waiting allows us to sit back, make those right decisions. Number three, what happens in the waiting is your character is developed. And number two, your character is developed. I know you're thinking, oh, the C word. Pastors always throw that out there. It just slows me down, that character thing. Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. You see, you know, character, it'd be like an architect saying, you know what? Who cares about the foundation? Let's just let's focus on the building because nobody sees the foundation. Well, if he doesn't focus on the foundation, they will see the foundation. Waiting is God's safety on your life to make sure you don't accelerate beyond your character. Because that thing you're going after will now take you under if you don't have the character to sustain it. I love what Pastor Jeff tells our team, our staff here a lot. He always says, whatever you compromise to get, you'll have to compromise to keep. And we'll follow it up sometimes with, I'd rather want what I don't have than have what I don't want. Right, that's character, that's that, that delay. There are no shortcuts on the road to your destiny. And if you think you see one, just know that's a detour. That's not a shortcut. The third thing that happens in the waiting, what's actually happening is our motives are revealed to us. Proverbs 20 says, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Motives are a crazy deal because it's really not until hindsight, it's, not, it's really not until after the fact and we look back and we think, ah, oh, I kind of, no, I didn't have the right motive there. And then it takes a lot more time before we're actually honest about that with anybody else. Even preparing this message, I'm thinking, okay, I want them to think I'm a good communicator. I want them to like me. I want them to think I'm funny. And then I'm sorting, sorting through, sorting. No, God, I want you to speak through me. Right? That's what I, I want you to help me get out of the way. I got to check my motives. You got to ask yourself, am I doing this for somebody else? Am I doing this to prove something? Am I doing this to feel something? Am I doing this because so-and-so has done it? Right? You got to look, sort those motives. The waiting allows you to sort that out before you make that jump. All right, so you're like, okay, that's good, Steve, but you still haven't helped me. You haven't told me what to do here. All that internal stuff, but make it practical. What can I do today to shorten that gap between the promise and the now? Like this, what can I do? So I'm gonna give that to you. I'm gonna give you three very practical things that you can do to shorten this gap, this tension that you are living in. The first thing, that you can do is get real with someone. Get real with someone. Nearly every material blessing that God brings into your life, he's gonna bring it through a person. 
Your destiny is tied to your relationships. If you have dreams and you have hopes and you're believing for a miracle and for a promise and for a calling and you gotta prove it. Tell somebody. Vocalize. Tell somebody what you're believing God for. Tell somebody what you need God to move in your life for. Tell somebody about the step you're trying, you're building the faith to take in your life. Tell somebody. See, I've got people that are carrying my hopes and dreams with me. And there's a lot of you here that I'm carrying your hopes and dreams with you. Many of you personally, I'm believing for spouses. I'm believing for the Springfield's adoption go through. I'm believing for uh, one of our team members to their family to get pregnant. I'm walking with them. I'm carrying that with them. I see Gary back here. We agreed his bucket list was to lead somebody to Christ. I partnered with him. That brother got baptized a couple weeks ago, a few weeks back, right? I'm believing with people. People are believing with me. My question is this, who's believing with you? Who's partnering with you in faith for those things that you're believing God for? There's a practical and there's also a spiritual reason why this is very important. The practical reason is this. When you vocalize those things to somebody, just like when you vocalize any goals, you're a 65 to 85% chance more likely to hit them because of the accountability of being transparent and sharing with somebody. That's just a practical thing. They may be able to help you too, which really helps. But then there's a spiritual thing, right? Because the Bible says in Matthew 18, where two of you agree on anything in my name, it will be done for you. Who's agreeing with you? In Jesus' name. Who believes in your future and your hopes and your dreams? Who's believing for that miracle with you? You're like, say, Steve, that's easy for you. You can all, know all the people. You got all the friends. And I don't. But I want you to. That's why I'm, we're very, very intentional about making sure that we do life together. And so everything that we do from our grow track to our small groups is intended upon you building those relationships in your life. And so you may say, Steve, I've done the grow track. I still don't have friends. Do it again. Maybe you weren't ready for us or we weren't ready for you. One or the other. Jump back in there. One-on-one, two-on-one. Jump back in there. Because we orchestrate that whole environment and track to help you with biblical values, meet us, but also you to build strong relationships in your life so you have somebody agreeing in faith with you. So jump in there. The other thing to do is get into a small group. We're going to launch small groups here in the fall. And we're going to have a lot of options. And you're going to have to take that step of, Showing up somewhere you don't know, talking to somebody you haven't met yet in those environments, but take those steps. I'm so, I love when we do our summer treats, uh, giving out popsicles. You guys are so generous to bless yourself that way. Um, <laughs> but uh, the treat you bought yourself, I hope you're enjoying as you leave services every weekend. And here's why we do it. Because we're hoping that around a popsicle, around whatever ice cream sandwich, that slows you down just enough on the way out that you catch somebody else. And they talk to you and they meet you and they ask you questions and how are you? Where do you guys live? Well, we're in that neighborhood. We just moved it from so-and-so. My kid goes to that school. That somehow through that, that yeah, hey, actually we're trying to find a this right now. We're believing for a this right now. Would you help me with a this right now? And can you point me to this? That somehow through just that little delay of treats, that relationships are being built. And I love the fact that you guys just hang out like a half hour after service out there connecting. I love seeing it on the outside patio and the commons and the front patio, just doing life. Because what's happening, you don't see it yet, but you're finding people that are gonna partner with you and have faith for your future with you. Number two, this is what we do in the wedding. Number two, we worship in the waiting. 
Worship in the waiting. Even in the same season, God can put a new song in your heart. The season doesn't have to change for the song to change. And it's so important for you to learn to worship in the waiting because when you learn to worship in the waiting, you continue to worship in the having. Abraham was tested with this. 25 years with promised son Isaac. And then God says, okay, let's see if the object of your worship is him or is it still me? Because there's a lot more to be birthed for, through Abraham than just Isaac. He's to be the father of many nations, not just one son. There's more things God has for you after this current test. But the important thing is that you learn to worship the giver and not the gift. Otherwise, you receive the gift and you get distracted. You can miss everything else that God has for you. Learn to worship in the waiting. The third thing here is to find strength in Jesus. Find strength in Jesus. Find strength in Jesus in your waiting season. Find strength in Jesus in the tension of the waiting. Isaiah 40, 31, beautiful verse. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait on the Lord, not they that wait on their promise, their dream, their calling, the miracle. Not that, because when you focus on that, it drains you. But when you wait on the Lord, it renews your strength. You gotta pursue Jesus today, not the dream. You gotta pursue Jesus in your life. So to catch back up in my story, summer 1996, my life basically hijacked. Uh, within a couple of weeks, I went from those great days of country radio to move to Florida with my family. I find myself, summer 96 in Florida, no radio station, no job, no friends, no hope for my future, and facing an onset of depression in my life. It hit me and literally just began to change the contour of my face and muscles. It just, the frow of my face, it, was just, it just changed me. And I was in this deep pit. And I was still going to church though, and I went to church one Sunday, and I was leaving service, and I get in the car, and I was driving home, and on a Sunday, just like I heard this morning on the radio, I heard American Country Countdown, hosted by Bob Kingsley. Now, American Country Countdown takes the billboard charts and plays the songs, the hit songs for the week. And I turn on the radio just in time to hear Bob Kingsley say, now, for his very first number one hit, here is Red Akins with Don't Get Me Started, song played. Remember hearing that? I did that, a little smile. That smile quickly was gone because it was just a reminder of how far I was from what I thought that God had for me, how far off course I was for the hopes and the dreams that I had in my life. I remember going home and just, just feeling that, just emptiness. And, when I feel lost or empty, I need to hear God. Ever since I was a kid, I just go for walks. Sometimes I'll be gone for hours. And so I go for a walk. I'm looking for Jesus. And I go on this walk and it's along this walk that I'm frustrated. I'm getting honest with God. I'm, telling, I'm crying out to him. But what I'm crying out to him though, that he does, he turns to me and he hears my cry. Right, and he sets my feet upon a rock and in that moment he puts a new song in my heart, 
in that walk, in that moment, the presence of Jesus just hit me. Nothing about my circumstances changed in that moment or that day or anytime soon. But to say the trajectory of my life changed would be a gross understatement. I turned around from that walk and I went back home. My face, the muscles relaxed. I look like a different person. I didn't know what my next steps were, but I knew that I had Jesus with me in that moment. The only thing that changed in my life was the presence of Jesus. For those of you here today that are living in that tension, I can't shorten the tension for you. I don't know how long that it is, if it's 25 years, 30 years, 10 years, two days or two minutes, I don't know what that is for you. But one thing I can promise you is that with that tension, you can just let it go and exchange that tension for the presence of Jesus in your life. And it doesn't matter how long it is because you'll find that what you want most is his presence more than his promise. You would never trade his presence for any of those things that you're believing God for. And when that revelation can hit your mind that what you want most is him, not that, that tension is just, it's gone. And then you just rest in his presence. If you would today, just bow your head. And my last thing for you today is just, I wanna pray for you. And I wanna ask that God would do for you what he's done for me. Lord, I pray for all these incredible people here on a Sunday seeking you. And God, you have put great hopes in their heart, great dreams, great callings. They are believing for miracles. Now they're believing for healings. They're believing for prodigal children to come home. They're believing for a spouse. They're believing to start a business. They're believing for her to get pregnant. God, they got things that they are trusting you for and that may just create a little tension. But God, right now, I pray, God, as they release that tension, God, you would just encounter them with your presence. Fill that gap with your presence, God. Give them your peace that passes all understanding and that you would strengthen them. That though their circumstances may not change today, when they walk out of here, the way they look at their circumstances are entirely different. And the delay, the delay does not even matter because you're with them. I pray also for those people here today, you're talking about walking with Jesus, relationship with Jesus, the presence of Jesus, but you know that you do not know him. You know you do not have a personal relationship with him. Today, you can have that. The Bible says that you can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. If you confess your sin before him, he will forgive your sins and purify you of all unrighteousness. So just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I invite you to come live inside of me. Walk with me, guide me. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 